All right, what's up, everybody? My name is Tyler Dunn. This is episode 96 of Goals and Updates. <clears throat> We're not going to be using um, Instagram uh, right now, only for the fact that it's uh, my internet's really slow. <clears throat> and it was kind of, I'm, I'm hoping Facebook sticks with it, but uh, Facebook took a couple minutes to get it going. And Instagram just keeps telling me I don't have any internet connection. So hopefully, Facebook keeps it going. And we'll just keep this ball rolling. So we're in episode 96 of Goals and Updates, which is pretty awesome. Just give me one second. I'm just trying to tune up uh, the volume. All right. So we're on episode 96 of Goals and Updates. How we normally do this show, we're only uh, only four episodes away from hitting 100, which is pretty cool. So uh, what how we do this show is we do the updates. So I'll update you guys within my life. And then that way you guys can see basically what I'm doing and how I'm implementing all the stuff I'm talking about. So, you know, I'm not just basically telling you uh, to do certain things or to basically um, get a different perspective on life. I'm basically trying to adapt it as well into my own personal life. So that's where the updates come in, in the beginning. Then we're going to go into two topics. The two topics I've set out for this episode is have a mission and then get a group of diverse friends. And then we'll talk about Dundee Investments, which is my business, and then we'll end it. So, Basically, the updates I can bring to you guys today is uh, I'm trying to get, uh, you know, some more co-hosts on this show. So I have a couple people in mind that I got to work with and set up dates. But one person that I talked to the other day was uh, a person named Steven, who I ended up going, I believe, from sixth grade all the way up to 12th grade. So middle school to high school. And he's he's kind of a person that I see once in a while. I've hung out with a couple of times. Uh, just an overall really, really awesome person. And I and I feel like he would be a good person to put on as a co-host and just do like a small little interview and then uh, go through, you know, whatever he wants to talk about. Now, I'm not really sure what he's going to want to talk about on the show, but uh, whatever he wants to talk about, I'm more than like more than happy to discuss on the show. So I'll update you guys on that. We kind of discussed not this week. This week's going to be kind of uh, every like a crammed in week for myself. So I discussed next week. So I just got to, you know, text him, stay in communication with him and we'll work something out and I'll just update you guys when that's going to happen. But that's someone that I'm going to probably put on the show next would be uh, Steven. So that's an update. I got a whole new mic set up. Well, not whole mic set up, but I got a stand, which I've been trying to get for a while for this show. So that way when we have co-hosts. I just put the second mic up, put it on the stand. And then that way you'll get better audio quality for that person. And they don't have to hold this one mic that I have, which is like an interview mic. And the problem with that mic is if they hold it too close, it, it basically blares out the sound because it's too much. And if it's too low, you can't really hear them. It's too, um, it's too low to the ground. So I got this stand. So you just put it right in front of the person. You can see their face. They can just talk and the microphone will basically pick up like this one right here in front of me. So I got a whole new, um, stand set. So that's awesome. So we get these co-hosts, uh, you know, this, this podcast is, I'm trying to grow it. So there's reasonable quality, audio quality, picture quality. Uh, eventually I got to get a, you know, get a better scenery in the back, but for right now it's, it does its part. The other update is I have, um, a speech tomorrow in Toastmasters, right? So my speech that I'm going to end up doing, which I got to work on tonight after the gym, after I eat them and go to the gym, like tonight's going to be kind of hell. I'm probably going to be up late tonight. Uh, probably no sleep and probably going to struggle getting up tomorrow, but you know, it's all worth it in the end. But my speech is going to be the three groups that make or that take your money. And it, I'm going to basically talk about uh, government, banks, and Wall Street. Those are the three groups that take 
everyone's money and then like no one really so a lot of people realize like ex, like if i explain in that speech most people are gonna be like yeah it makes a lot of sense i understand it's probably the government wall street and the banks that are taking all the cash right in my speech they'll understand what i give them different examples and different things set up that we do that we don't realize but at first people are gonna be like people are gonna be like what right so that's why the topic is the three groups that take all your money it's really like, what do you mean three groups that take all my money, right? So that's why it's like that. But um, so I got to work on that speech tonight and get it down so I can do it tomorrow. Now I got to work tomorrow. Normally I have the whole day to work on it on a Tuesday, but I, I don't. So I have to try to figure it out tonight, get my bullet points down, get my examples, you know, put in there pretty, you know, decently structure it and then present the speech. Now that's tomorrow. So if anyone wants to go see that speech and watch me do it live, in front of like live people, a live audience, uh, you can go down to the Denny's over on Oakland and Powerline in Fort Lauderdale. If you need more, you know, if you need like a uh, geographic location or an address, a physical address, you can email me after this or just reach out to me on like iMessenger and I'll go ahead and I'll send you that. So that way you can go there. You can just go as a guest. You don't have to pay to do anything. You just go as a guest and you watch the speakers and you know you might have to engage a little bit they might want like your feedback at the end or whatever but overall you don't have to do anything like you're not obligated to do anything you just sit there watch the speeches and then give me feedback so that's if you're interested in watching me do it live and then other things i have are you know i'm meeting my numbers pretty well i'm at uh, i think almost every single day of the week i was at like 135 or 145 for productivity uh, and my inheritance is probably, you know, obviously, uh, I think it's like 78 or something, but it's normally like 100. I think I messed up on lunch one time. But um, so all the numbers, I'm meeting the numbers. Now, the big goal for like the reason I tell you the numbers is I have a big goal for work that I'm trying to get an extra bonus. So if I do 120% productivity and over and above for the month, they'll give me an extra 150 on my paycheck. So what I'm trying to do is stay constantly steady in the morning where I hustle hard in the morning. And then I try to continue the hustle up until like I leave. But if I can do the hustle in the morning and get it going, I'm more likely to be able to, uh, you know, I could, even if I slacked a little bit, like I got a little tired or I just didn't get enough sleep that day. If I hustled early, it would be able to make up for the end of the day. So it's working so far. Another thing I've been doing is, the one person next to me said, hey man, if you put seven in your box at a time, because you can do five and then you can grab more out of the, the um, email inbox. He's like, if you put seven there, it'll, cause you're supposed to do uh, six an hour. So seven, he, you know, he gives you one extra. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, seven's working. But what if I put eight in that, in that box? Put eight in that box, I then can probably outdo myself and go even higher on productivity and it'll, it'll basically motivate me to go, you know, two extra emails. So, so that, that, you know, that's, that's what I've been trying to do is to go that extra mile and do eight emails in that box. Now I'm trying to think here, but so that, so that's pretty much what's going on with that is, you know, I'm trying to reach my numbers. Uh, the numbers are looking, the numbers are actually doing pretty good so far. And I'm, we're almost at, I think this would be the second. Uh, I think this is the second. No, this might be the third week. I'm like going into the third week of uh, July. So, you know, every every month is about four weeks roughly structured. So 
hopefully, you know, so I'm doing pretty well on that. So I'll let you guys know my problem originally, like that's why this, this first week was so critical was I missed it by 1.5% last time for getting that bonus. And, and the first week I basically messed up and got like a low number for the week. So that's, that's kind of why I hustled hard for the first two weeks, but um, I'll keep updating you guys on that. So that's that. Uh, the other thing is Podbean, right? So I recently, I've been getting a lot of uh, feedback from certain people and they're like, Hey, the podcast is too long. It's an hour and a half. I don't really have time to sit on a computer or sit on my phone for an hour and a half. So what I decided to do was, uh, you know, look for good hosting sites for podcasts. So this way I can put audio MP3 audio onto this podcast site. And this way people can listen to it as they're working out. People can listen to it when they're uh, you know, at the gym, which is basically working out. I don't know. I said two things that are kind of, you know, it sounded different, but the same. Uh, and at the same time, you could listen to it in the cars when you're driving around, or if you're just at work and you just want to listen to something, if like you have an office job like me, where you just, you know, going through email after email after email, and you can listen to a podcast. It's basically what I do. So it's all available right there. So it's on a, I picked this, I was going to do SoundCloud originally. Most people, if you watch like previous episodes are like, Oh, like he said, SoundCloud now he's going to Podbean. When I looked up SoundCloud, SoundCloud was not a good, uh, a lot of people were complaining that it was overpriced because you have to pay for these services that you use on these, uh, these podcast platforms. And a lot of people are saying it's overpriced for what it's actually worth. And there's better platforms that give you more tools and more exposure uh, to build a better audience and everything. So I, w I looked up Podbean and Podbean's pretty cool because you get access to, uh, you automatically get put on, on their app. You automatically have your own little website template platform, which is pretty cool. And it's uh, like $6 a month for MP3. And I think it was like $24 a month for like MP4, which is like obviously video and, and audio. And so, you know, eventually I'll probably move up to the, um, the physical video portion, but Right now, $24 a month, even though it doesn't sound that bad. I, I kind of, you know, my budget's pretty tight on, on production on this. So $6 a month is good. Most of the people that are probably going to use that are going to use audio anyways. So they're not going to really watch video. Now, video, um, so, you know, and that doesn't even fix the, you know, that just fix is it fixes the problem of availability, right? So now it's not just on Facebook and Instagram live and then post on Facebook and you know, some people um, don't want to, you know, they don't want it to turn off their phone and listen to audio, right? Like if you're jogging, you're not going to keep your phone open on video. So it, it solves that problem, makes it more accessible. The other solution that I got to work on next is uh, creating a YouTube playlist. So I can cut down each segment to 20 minutes, kind of what Joe Rogan does, or, you know, a couple other people that have a uh, famous podcast, what they do is they cut down an hour and a half into small little segments into a playlist. Now that's what I was thinking about doing for goals and updates is making these small little segments. So if you wanted to just watch me talk about having a mission, or you want to just hear me talk about uh, get a group of diverse friends or I have a co-host on here and we want to split it up into little segments like this portion, we're talking about this, the next portion we're talking about this, it's on a playlist where you can just click it and go to like, you know, 20, 10 minute segments or video playlists, right? So that's what I'm going to try to do. And that's going to help cut down the time that you're, you're watching things, but it's going to also make it look like I have a lot of content at the same time. So that's also pretty cool. Uh, by the way, um, I have seven episodes uploaded to Podbean. So if you did want to go on there and listen to the seven old episodes, the first seven I ever did, 
I'm going to be honest with you. The first couple of uh, episodes are probably not going to be the best. I see a lot of ums. I see a lot of ahs. Uh, so uh, my recommendation is maybe to wait. Like if, you know, I'm not saying you can't go on there now. Like I'm going to give you the link right now, but I'm just going to warn you. Like, I don't think the episodes were that great. I didn't have structure in the beginning. I said a lot of ums and ahs and a lot of crutch words. And at the same time, um, I, my content probably wasn't the, the best until I found my footing, until I found the structure that I wanted. So that's, uh, you know, but I do recommend going over there and then that way you can see my progression. And that's why I kind of went back to those episodes is I wanted to hear my first episode to my, my last episode and see the big difference. Because I had a lot of people that said, man, like your speaking got way better over time. I think it's Toastmasters, but I also really think it's because I've been consistent on making the episodes and getting in front of the camera and talking. And it just became easier to kind of think on the spot. But Toastmasters helps too because they have uh, table topics, which basically you have to think fast. You don't know the topic. You don't know what you're going to talk about for an hour, not an hour, uh, a minute and a half to two and a half minutes. And they just, someone just gives you a random topic. You think on the spot and you speak for that amount of time on that topic. So it's a little bit challenging at times, especially if you get hard topics. So it's kind of what's helping me right now with, you know, speaking, you know, speaking clear, concise and fast thinking, which is what you kind of need on a podcast because you have to constantly be talking. So you got to constantly be thinking of different ideas. Now, um, the link for Podbean is goalsandupdates.com or period, let me, let me redo this, goals and updates, period, podbean.com. I guess I should have said dot for both, right? So it's goals and updates dot podbean.com. So if you want to go and look that up, eventually I'll start putting it on the descriptions in my, uh, my live streams and like the feed. But for right now, I'm not going to do it just because um, time's sake and I don't have 10 episodes on there. So I don't really consider it like fully put together yet. Once I have the 10 episodes up, then, you know, then I'll start promoting it and then start keep adding on to it. So right now it's still a work in progress. I got to catch up to 96 episodes. I only have seven up there right now. So it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. And then I'll update you on the YouTube playlist once I get a YouTube uh, platform going. So uh, that's that. Uh, the other cool thing that I can update you guys is, uh, and this is the reason I'm kind of bringing this one up is just because uh, everyone kind of doesn't do this, but they really should. And I pay for, I had this thing when I, when I started this, this new job that I'm at for uh, cross country home services, where they do, once you get to, I think a month in, they start giving you your benefits. They start giving you plans that you can pick and they have extra things like you can get identity theft, which will basically, basically monitor your credit and like purchases and make sure there's no like illegal charges on there. And just, it basically just monitors your credit and money, like your finances basically. And if anything suspicious happens, like thousands of dollars just randomly come up or a hundred dollar transaction that normally doesn't look like your activity or from a different state that you're not in or country, then um, it basically notifies you and it try and I think it can do other things. I'm not really sure on what it does besides that, but um, I've been paying like six, I think it's like $6 a month or every single paycheck by weekly, it's taking $6 out. So I would assume it's like $12 a month that it's taking out for that. And I haven't, you know, I haven't set anything up on that yet. So I'm not even sure um, how to set that up. So I had to go to HR, HR, give me a number to call, which I'm gonna end up calling tomorrow morning. 
which I also funny enough have to go and call for like a healthcare thing anyways. But so I'm just going to call one, you know, the first one and then the second one after. But um, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, you know, I've been paying for that, right? I signed up for that and I'm pretty good at making sure that I know where my money's going because, you know, a lot of people sign up for things and they don't track their money. A lot of people don't have budgets, which I have a budget. So I kind of know where my money's going and I keep up to date on it. I try to look at, you know, my finances every single day. Um, and I try to keep, keep track of it and, you know, keep track of what's coming out of my pocket and what's coming in my pocket and why I'm getting a certain amount and I'm not getting a certain amount. Right. So I talk a lot about bonuses on the updates and stuff, which you'll realize I talk, you know, I talk a lot about money. And the reason I talk a lot about money real quick is um, it's very, very important. You're living on the most economical planet and money is very, very important. And the people that tell you money is not important are normally broke, broke ass people. Or they just have so much money, they don't know what to do with it and they just they just tell you that um, it, it doesn't help. Or actually, they won't even tell you that it doesn't help. They'll just say it won't make you happy, which you know is true. But at the same time, like you gotta be financially fit in order for you not to get you know down in the dumps because a lot of depression a lot of uh divorces a lot of different things is caused because of finances people do not have uh control of their finances and you know it's a big problem in this i think in the world in general is a lot of people are not financially responsible and and that's a big problem so um the point that i was trying to bring up is most people do not look at the pay stubs and i i know because I'm pretty, you know, I don't just sign up for things. I'm pretty precise on where my money's going. And I kind of try to pay attention to where it's going is I've always looked at my pay stubs and with this job, they don't give me a physical check. So it's kind of virtual. So it's kind of difficult um, in the sense to remember to check it all the time. But whenever something comes up, I kind of make sure now I should make it a habit, which, you know, now that I'm talking about planting the seed of my own brain, I just have to water it. Um, I should be checking it every single time I get paid to make sure that the pay either taking the proper amount of money out and they're not basically uh, signing me up for random stuff or my money's being taken out and dumb stuff that I, I didn't approve of, or I think is not worthy of the, of the money going out of my pocket. Um, and the big one that people don't pay attention is the, is the deductibles or the deductions. Now what the deductions normally are in your pay, your pay stub or your paycheck is I, uh, the government stuff, which you can't, you can't really temper with. So government stuff, meaning like your healthcare, uh, taxes can't, you know, obviously you don't have a say in your taxes for, and for at least an, a regular employee, you don't have say over that and you have no control over that. But, uh, the other stuff you kind of do. So there's stuff where you have your benefits plans, which you can, can control. I have an HSA, which is a health, uh, health savings account, which is just basically money that is uh, like tax-free money basically helps me for all my medical stuff. So I have seen how much money they can take every single paycheck or every two weeks into that account. So before I think it was like 150, they're taking out every paycheck. Now it's like, you know, like 50 bucks or whatever. But the, the point is, you know, I, I didn't tell them how much money to take out at first. And I had to go to HR and be like, Hey, I don't want you to take out 150. I want you to only do 50 every paycheck. So that's a hundred a month. And they did it and it fixed my, my money. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't really getting paid a lot because a lot of the money was going to that account. Now, the other thing I noticed was the identity theft. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. It, and it tells you like how much a year you're paying. I'm like, okay, I've been paying, you know, $6 every paycheck. So $12 a month. And it says to uh, YTD, which I think is uh, yield to 
or I might've had that backwards or whatever. It's supposed to be like how much money overall you've been contributing to that account. So I think it was like 50 bucks. And I'm like, I've never called this company. I've never given any information. So I'm sure they're not tracking anything. Right. Cause I, I've never, I don't think I've ever signed up for it really. So that's why, you know, I had to go into HR, get a number and I'm going to call them tomorrow and then I'll update you guys, you know, whatever, what that is. Cause I even went into HR, they didn't even really give me any information. They're like, we don't really know what that, that kind of is. Like we understand it's something that we offer uh, through benefits, but we really don't know too much about it, what it kind of does. Like we have an, uh, an idea, but we don't have any information you have to call. So I'm like, okay, kind of figure that was going to happen. Right. It's like a third party type of thing. But uh, the point is, you know, most people don't go and look at that stuff. And I found something where it's like, uh, it says something about HSA uh, individual and HSA employer. And the employer one is taking out like $200. I'm pretty sure. The other thing is 50. So I'm pretty sure that's just my healthcare savings account. I don't know what that employer thing is. So now I got to go back to HR probably tomorrow and ask them questions about those two accounts that I found going through the, the pay stub. So my point is, and I had this problem before. Funny enough, I'm going to give you a quick story and we'll go into these two, uh, these two topics real quick. But um, I had an issue before, because this is really important because most people don't do this and then they wonder why they're not getting, you know, they're making such less money out of their pay, you know, the paycheck is most people do not look at the pay stubs. And the reason I know this is important is because of what I'm going through with this company right now and the previous job I had before this. Now, the previous job I had before this was a marketing um, internship part-time job at Broward College. And what they were doing was I was part-time. So everyone was like, oh, you're not like, you're not gonna, you don't have a retirement fund. And I'm telling, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I remember getting stuff in the mail and they wanted me to fill stuff out, which I never did. But I'm like, I'm just kind of curious what they're taking out of my paycheck. Right. Because I understand like I can't, you know, and I've never, I never really did that before where I really looked hard because I, I, you know, I didn't really know politics or anything. And I didn't really understand taxes too well until, you know, recently, but the last couple of years, but I started, you know, questioned it at the time of that job. And I looked at it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to see what they're really taking money out of and see if they're actually paying me. And I think I heard this on another podcast or another segment somewhere else. And so I'm looking at it and they said, most people don't look at the pay stubs or what, you know, what their company's taking out. I look at it and I'm like, okay, here's taxes. Can't do anything about that. Here's you know, uh, Medicare can't really do anything about that social security. Right. And I get to this one and it's like an FRS an FRS. Uh, I think it didn't, I didn't even think it's a retirement account. It just said FRS. And I'm like, what is that? And so I looked it up online and it's a retire. It's the Florida retirement system. Right. So, um, most government, uh, like government places in the state of Florida or any business that doesn't have their own, uh, social security setup or their own retirement system. They'll go to the Florida, which I think is uh, Florida retirement system is basically what it's called. That's why it's called FRS. And I was like, okay. And it was taking out like 20, I think it was taking out like $25. I was working there for like easily four, almost three years, basically. So they took out a decent amount of money out of my paycheck. You know, most people are probably like, oh, it's only 25 bucks or 30 bucks, but it, you know, they're taking that out consistently every paycheck. So it's adding up over time. I've worked there for like three years. So, and I asked people there, I'm like, I'm like, Hey, like, do you guys know what this is? The Florida retirement system and people at that job that I was working at were like, yeah, that's, that's the retirement system in Florida. 
Um, but you don't have to, they're like, you don't have to worry about that. You're part-time. You're not going to get that. They're like only full-time, uh, staff members here get that. And I'm like, well, I'm obviously getting it cause they're taking money out of the pay. They're taking money out of my paycheck and putting it in here. And the funny thing was, so everyone's telling me, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Like part-time people don't get that. Like the girl next to me is like, I don't even get that, which, you know, she might be getting it right. Like she might be getting it, but she's never looked at the pay stub. So I, you know, I do some digging and I, and I like calling these companies. Cause like I, if it's, if it's my money involved in something, I want to understand where it's going and what this company is and what it's doing. Right. So I call this company and they go, oh, yeah, you're in a pension plan. And they're like, uh, the company you're with distributes, you know, a certain percentage and contributes a certain percentage of what you're putting in. And they're like, you have this amount of money in that account. And this is how much money this person has contributed in and make a long story short. Um, I had this conversation with the person and they're just like, yeah, you got put in a pension plan, not an investment plan. And since you're trying to leave or, or whatever, they're like, you kind of, they kind of, they kind of robbed you because since you didn't give them any notice that you wanted to be in an investment plan, they automatically put you in the pension. They're like if you take that money out, they penalize you. Um, or if you try to switch it into the investment plan, they'll penalize you and you'll lose, you know, some of the money. He was like, I'm going to be honest with you. He's like, if you go to another company, most corporations, big corporations, uh, normally have their own retirement system. And what you can do is just, uh, draw or withdraw all the money that you personally put in out of your pocket, move it into that retirement system with a different company. And he's like, cause what's going to happen is if you tried to switch it now and you don't stay with that company for seven or eight years, you're not going to get the money that the company put into that, that portion of your account. So he's like, you might as well not even switch it because you're going to lose money on the deal. And he's like, if you, uh, and you're not going to stay at the company, so you're not going to get that money really anyways, because you're in a, you're in a, um, a, a system where you have to be with that company for a long time to get that money out because you're playing it more safe rather than risking it in investments. And I'm like, oh, all right. So, you know, I haven't hit, once I hit, you know, two more months, I can start working with my company that I'm at right now and do a 401k plan with them that's what I'm probably going to be doing is withdrawing that money and throwing it in, in there and just stacking it and pushing it in that area. But the point that I want to make here is I wouldn't have known any of this stuff if I didn't look at my pay stub to see what my, my company that I was working for at the time was uh, taking out of my paycheck. And this is a big mistake most people make because they just assume like, all right, I already set this up. I already set this up. I'm just gonna, I trust this company. It's a big corporation. I trust them to do it. And most of the time it, they mess up because it's a big corporation. You're submitting paperwork. You know how, you know, a lot of people working there, a lot of paperwork they're going through and it happens. It's trial and error, man. Like, you know, it's not the computer's not doing all the work. Most of the time it's a human being that's programming uh, your data into that machine. So it's possible that the, it could be a human error, right? At the same time, a lot of these companies have a lot of third parties and they end up putting you in different programs that you didn't even really sign up for. So that's where you got to be careful too. Um, and some of these plans you can actually get out of. If you don't want them, you can actually uh, force your way out of it. And, um, you know, it's your money. It's not my money, right, with your paycheck. So it's up to you to do that stuff. I'm just trying to give you a helpful hint that most people don't do that. And I've, and I've learned with two of these big companies that I've worked for, these two big corporations, I've gotten, they've kind of tried to screw me out of things without informing me about it. 
And it's a big thing because, you know, even though it sounds a little bit of money, like $25 or 30 bucks, you're doing that consistently every two weeks, right? Every paycheck. So bi-weekly. So it, it adds up when you're with that company for a long time. And like, you know, let's say you paid that company $500. It's $500 that you could have used on your own for something that could have been useful for yourself that you worked hard for, right? So that's why I'm, that's why I think it's really important that you check the pay stubs. Hopefully people will check it after this, but so that's that update with the identity theft. Now I'm going to go into these two topics right now. The first topic is going to be have a mission. And the second topic is going to be get a group of diverse friends. The first topic, have a mission. Now this one is extremely important. That's why I kind of put this, this topic first is most people cruise throughout their life and like even though setting goals are important, even though you know you want to set targets, you want to try to hit certain um, elements within your life and try to hit certain goals and uh, keep progressing, having a mission is probably the biggest mistake um, that people don't do, right? Because the mission is what drives you. If you've ever listened to motivational videos, if you've ever listened to any motivational influential speakers, a lot of them talk about having a mission, which the mission drives you, right? The mission is what gets you out of bed. That's what you'll hear a lot from these speakers is the mission, you know, this person doesn't get out of bed because they want to, the mission gets them out of bed. Uh, this person can do this because the mission is driving them to do this, right? And the mission is what drives you, gives you the ambition, gives you the drive to get to that next level that people are telling you you can't do. Like you can't, um, for instance, um, you, you take a movie actor, like most of the actors, you know, like I was listening to Kevin Hart. I like using Kevin Hart cause you know, Kevin Hart is someone that a lot of people like, uh, no matter, you know, what side, uh, you tend to, to lean towards or who you like or whatever. So Kevin Hart's a good example of someone that, and I've actually listened to some of Kevin Hart's interviews where he talks from how he started and he started off as a comedian. And basically what happened was, you know, he, he kind of got into a lot of different uh, different issues within his life that caused him financial issues. And then, you know, he went here and couldn't make it. And certain other people are telling him certain things, but, and, and other people are like, oh, you're crazy. You're not going to make it. But he was able to do it because he had a mission, right? He, and he's probably easily like one of the, he's easily one of the um, the most known comedians in the whole entire world right? He does a lot of different things besides uh, comedy, but he is someone that is easily the biggest celebrity, right? If you went anywhere and mentioned Kevin Hart, most people would know who Kevin Hart is, right? So he did that because he had a mission. He was able to basically outcome the odds. And every single time he failed, he got back up because of the mission. And that's what a lot of people don't have is they don't have a mission, and even for myself, it's kind of hard to have a mission too, because you, you know, you want to, you want something that's big enough, right? So at first you kind of think of a mission and you come up with this, this mission that you're trying to follow. And sometimes it's not big enough. And then you have to adapt and, and redo the mission or rethink to yourself, okay, how can I make this bigger so that I'm more ambition or I'm more ambitious to go out and, and conquer that. Right? So that's something that I have is, you know, I'll come up with a mission, like my, my uh, personal mission, not business, but personal mission, I guess it could be a little bit of both a uh, uh, personal and business, but is to try to help six, uh, six million people. And then 
I heard something a long time ago about if if you have even numbers, it's not a real, it's not a real goal, or it's just you know, it's just something that uh, you haven't really thought about. So then I kind of came to a conclusion of helping like six million, a and a hundred and twenty five thousand six hundred and like five uh, individuals, and it doesn't matter what it is. Like my job could contribute to that, uh, like full-time and part-time, obviously Dundee Investments and the cross-country home services both can tie into that. I could just, you know, helping maybe like a homeless person, like seeing a homeless person outside and going and buying a bagel and just trying to give the bagel to the homeless person. Um, it, it could be, you know, some random person that's like, hey man, I really need you to donate a little bit of money to this charity to help me out. Can you do that? Yeah, sure. Um, hey man, I really need advice on this. Okay, I gotcha. Right? So any piece of advice, any physical labor, any, um, you know, just maybe words of wisdom or motivation, you know, do a speech and maybe help two people or three people in, in that audience, maybe do a podcast and it reaches maybe five or 10 people. And those people write me in and go, Hey man, I was, I was really down in the dumps and you're, you know, the way you speak kind of helped me out and the, the stuff you talk about kind of resonated with me or, you know, I've heard some of your tragedies that you've been through and it helped me out and, and you talking about it helped me out and just those things, right? Those will all that all add up into that mission. Even when I do co-hosting, like the reason I really want to co-host is obviously to get a little bit more, um, you know, more engagement on this show. But at the same time, I'm really trying to get uh, other people's voices out there. Like, that's kind of like a thing that I have. Like, I really want to get as many different people that will allow me to put them in front of a mic and just have a conversation with them about anything they want to talk about, right? So that's because I want other people to feel like they have a voice. I want other people to, uh, you know, feel like they're important enough to, to go on a microphone and, and talk. And even though, you know, they might not know the other person on the other end, they're just having a conversation that's engaging, right? And that they, they basically just have a voice. That's like the big thing is they have a voice, they're contributing, and, and they have something that, you know, that can maybe help someone else. Because the big thing is information, right? Information is the key to basically doing whatever you want in life. If you're not informed, if you don't have the proper information, it can hold you back. That's why a lot of people are financially like broke, financially not okay. The information that has been spread around uh, from company to company to company or industry to industry to industry or person to person to person, which is the big one, right? This person gets the information and then goes to this person and spreads that wrong information. So um, the, the point that I'm trying to bring there is information is very key. So if this person has information on a topic, like um, I was talking to this one person. I'm going to give you an example real quick. I'll try to jump back onto the mission. But this kind of ties into you know the mission for goals and updates. going to give you an example. But I ended up, I, did a, I, I didn't do a speech. I ended up not being able to do the speech last Tuesday. That's why I'm doing it this Tuesday. Now, what happened was, um, I'm I, for so, I don't. A lot of people tell me I'm a good speaker. I don't know if they're just telling me that, or if they're just they're they're being genuine. You know, genuine uh, genuine is the the word I'm trying to get out. But I don't know if they're just trying to be nice, or if they're just uh, like they're honestly trying to give me their honest feedback that I'm a good speaker when I go to Toastmasters. But I had we had this one person that came back the second time as a guest, and he. I ended up going up to him at some point. I actually told him I want to get him on the show to kind of have a conversation on this. But he, um, I ended up going up to him uh, when we had a little intermediate or intermediate break. 
right? And I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, it's great to see you again. Now, the other thing I do this too is because I'm the vice president of PR. So my job is to drive traffic in there, but I'm also pretty sure it's in my job description to kind of get people like, you know, make sure people are welcomed there and and to kind of do my thing. But I also want to meet more people. Like, and that's really why I'm at Toastmasters is to, uh, you know, do speeches, get, you know, get more physically, um, okay with like talking to someone in person and having more of a personality and being able to just go up to a random person and being like, Hey man, how's your day going? My name's Tyler. Like, how are you? What's your name? Right. And, and be more personable, especially when it comes to business. I got to be able to do that. So at that place, it's like a net, I consider it more of a networking hub as well, because we have different guests that come in. I get to talk to them and introduce myself, um, and try to understand, you know, why they're there and, and so on and so forth. And I try to, I try to convert them. Because if, and that's the funny thing too, is because I'm thinking about sales, right? In my mind, I'm like, if I can convince this person to join Toastmasters and get a deal into Toastmasters, it, it's also working on my sales skills, right? Because I, I, I don't have, I don't have to make money. I'm not making money off that, right? I'm increasing the club and I'm trying to fulfill a volunteer type role. But at the same time, like I'm not benefiting off this person joining in a sense. Like I, the only benefit I could think of is, um, I get, you know, I, I connect with this individual. And the other thing too is um, they'll add to basically helping me with critiquing my speeches, right? There's really no like crazy benefit to it. You know, maybe down the road, he could help give me a customer or he, I could end up doing business with him or whatever, but, or that person, I keep saying him, but just person in general. But the the point that I'm trying to make here is after we, we went outside and ended up talking to him for like two hours about, you know, religion, but he, you know, he, uh, he's Hindu and we were talking about, uh, that type of religion, uh, Hinduism and stuff like that. And, and he was saying how most of it is very spiritual and that they try to separate your mind from your, you know, your mind is what's controlling everything. And that, you know, your body is just a instrument. But, you know, and it was really curious because I was trying to tell him that, you know, a lot of this stuff I listen to, motivational videos or any motivational speaker, they, they tend to talk about that, how like um, your, your, you know, your mind is the most powerful thing. And being someone that wants to get into motivational speaking, someone that wants to, you know, has taken psychology, has taken world religion, which went through all the different religions and how certain religions are kind of the same what, you know, what they stand for, what's different, what, why they do this, what's their policies or, you know, what their structures like. And I was trying to tell him like, you know, I understand, you know, all the stuff that his religion is kind of about. And I was like, but it's really interesting that, and I just had this conversation with him for like two hours, just sitting outside in a parking lot and just had a two hour, two hour conversation with him, which is crazy because time just flew, right? When you're having those really, really good discussions with someone that is a very, very unique discussion. And it's not like you're just talking to some random person off the road. It's almost like you're kind of on the same page, but on like, cause me and him were on the same page. Right. But he had a different way of saying it and explaining it, but, and I had a different viewpoint and a different way of explaining it and relating to it. And that's why I think it was interesting conversation because we were on the same, the same mindset about it, but we were on different ways of how we looked at it in a sense, like how we related to it. And it was just interesting, the conversation. So I pitched it to him and I was like, Hey, you should definitely come on this podcast and be a co-host and just, we'll just have a conversation about that. Cause it's a very interesting conversation that can lead on, 
you know, for a long period of time. But at the same time, a lot of people don't really understand that what you're talking about. So it's a, it would be a kind of cool thing to kind of talk about on the show. It might be a little bit hard to, it's not an easy, excuse me, by the way, it's not an easy conversation to kind of understand. It's like, we'd have to probably do it in parts or, and whatnot, but it, it's something that would definitely be in. The point that I was trying to make here is that um, we just had this long conversation. I was trying to pitch him to get on the show and he kind of was like, Hey, I'm going to send you some stuff. And if you can kind of understand it, then I'll have a conversation with you, but I definitely want you to do a little bit of research and kind of do it. So I went through the video. I might try to do a couple more things and he might be someone that I'm going to try to follow up with and get him on this, this show. The problem that I have a lot of times is a lot of people are very shy and they don't want to, they're like, Oh, I don't want to go in front of people and talk about this or I don't want to have a conversation on this because you know I'm camera shy or um, and sometimes people actually want to do it until they actually have to sit in front of a camera see their face on the screen and and physically talk on the on the on the actual stream so sometimes people get shy they might be committed at first and they get really shy at first but the the thing I try to do with people is once I can get them in front of the camera I just go hey man it's just a conversation we're just going to talk. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to have a conversation and then we just post it. And it's just like having a discussion like you were typing, but just obviously it's a faster pace and, and you're speaking. So I think I can definitely get him on the show. I just got to do a little bit more research on the topic before I can discuss it with him before he'll even allow me to discuss it with him. But I'm just going to, you know, try to keep up with that with him. But that's someone that I want to get on the show. Now, uh, what I was talking about before with having a mission and how this kind of relates to that is because um, I could, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help that person. Like that person is obviously at Toastmasters by himself because he wants to, sorry, it's going to look bad. Sorry. I had to, I had to get that off the screen. It was bothering me. Um, but he obviously went to Toastmasters, uh, for a purpose for himself. Like he wants to go and speak. So that's what I was talking to him at first about. I'm like, Hey, like, you know, what are you trying to do Toastmasters for? And he's like, well, you know, I'm really techie. And I can't really present well. And he's like, my job is kind of, I'm at a point in my job where I'm eventually going to have to present or I'm going to have to eventually go in front of people and, and kind of present this stuff. And he's like, so public speaking is definitely something that I'm going to have to eventually, you know, try to develop a skill at. And he's like, I can't do it. And I kind of do notice sometimes he does get nervous and he tends to, like when he goes to speak, he kind of tells you like, all right, I got to think for a second that like I can't really do this on the spot. And I think it's because he's nervous and then he just kind of blinks probably for a second. So it's definitely a skill that he'll, he'll need. Um, and everyone's speech can always be enhanced, by the way. Like when I'm speaking right now, I could probably you know be better. But over time, you'll eventually adapt and you'll find your niche and, and you'll be able to basically do it on your own and come up with what you want to talk about. But so that, you know, so that's why I was kind of get him to do it. Cause that's probably like his mission. His mission is like, I want to build this public speaking skill, but most people don't have a mission. And that's something that's very, very important. And I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm trying to come up with a company mission, but the hard part that I realized with creating your own mission, like personal mission, business mission, whatever it is, is it has to be big enough where it's going to drive you to go towards it. And even though like I told myself like 6 million, you know, help 6 million people, it's, you know, over time I'm like, it's not, it's not really, it's not really driving me too much. So I'm probably going to have to work on that one and try to make it a better mission statement for myself in order to kind of push me further in different things. Right. 
Um, but you, you know, it's a good start, right? You start somewhere, you work on it and you develop your skill sets and you develop, you know, your, your goals and ideologies and beliefs and everything. But, um, it, everything can obviously be improved over time. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of like the mission statement is you'll come up with something you'd be like, Oh, that's great. Right. You'll tell people, people will be like ecstatic for you. And then all of a sudden you kind of, it won't drive you really anymore. And you're going to have to figure out how to make it bigger. And that's, that's honestly the secret to it is you got to make it so massive of a mission that it drives you like, Oh man, like I got to be committed to get to that goal or that mission. Right. So even though, you know, it kind of sounds like a lot, six, help 6 million people. I, I kind of, I don't know. It kind of, it, the helping the people part is good. Like that stuff does drive me by the way, but I just like, sometimes I think to myself, I don't think it's big enough. Like I got to go bigger. So I got to figure out, you know, sit down with myself on paper and just think of a better mission statement than helping just 6 million people. I want to make it a little bit bolder. Um, and I also have got to do a business one. I don't have a business one yet. That's something I've talked to with uh, this agency that I'm with right now uh, for my website and everything. I got to I gotta sit down with myself and really think of a mission statement for my business where it's going to really be impactful uh, for myself. And so other people want to help me get to that, that mission state, that business mission statement. It's got to be impactful, right? So, um, you know, don't be mad at yourself. Uh, if, if at first it's not driving you or anything like that, cause you, you gotta, it's probably not big enough. You gotta work on making a bigger, a bigger mission. And trust me, like, even though it sounds like, oh, like a mission statement, like it's not really going to help me. It trust me, it does help you. Cause that's whenever you think about quitting, whenever you think about, you know, giving up, whenever you think about, um, you know, this person told me I can't do it. And that person, and that person kind of like, slightly convinced you that you probably couldn't do it. The mission statement is what's going to help you uh, keep going because you're going to want to quit and you're going to be like, I can't like my mission statement won't allow me to quit. That's why it's important. The mission statement. And I, you know, I didn't really believe in it at first. I'm going to be honest with you. Give me one sec. I didn't honestly believe it at first until I started, you know, I started realizing like, uh, my mission statement was something that was kind of, you know, I started volunteering more at my church. I started going and, and working extra hard at my job. I started trying to outwork people. I started having more, uh, you know, I tried to develop more of a, uh, a positive mindset, like certain things that I started realizing because of the mission statement that I had for myself where I'm like, all right, I got to help these people and I got to do whatever I possibly can to help other people. And I started, you know, achieving a little bit more and, and doing a little bit more. So, you know, I haven't, I'm not a professional or anything like that, but I'm just, you know, giving you helpful things that I've gone through. It's the whole point of this show is to, you know, give you some examples of my own personal challenges and own personal things of, you know, this, cause the mission statement is something I'm really trying to develop hard as I know, like I hear it all the time. And if I hear it more than, than, you know, like 10 times, like I know it's something important and it's something that I've heard every successful human being on planet earth ever talk about, have a, you know, have a big, big mission statement. That's, what's going to drive you have the mission statement, have the mission statement. So I obviously know the mission statement is a crucial element in being successful in your own life, whether it's personal business, um, you need the mission statement. So trust me, it's not something to overlook. It's not something to say, Hey, I'm not going to do that. Cause it's something that you're going to need. So that's, yeah, that's what I can give you on the mission statement now, or have a mission statement or have a mission. So the second topic is going to be get a group of diverse friends. And I have a bunch of different examples I can give you on this, 
And before I give you the examples, I'm going to go in and tell you why I came up with this topic and why I think it's very important. Now, I, um, I live in the state of Florida and I live in South Florida. So I live pretty South. I live in Coral Springs and I've, you know, I, I go, it's pretty common for me to go to Fort Lauderdale, Davie. I've been to Miami, um, a handful of times for events like business events. I'm actually going, uh, you know, I went to the 10 X growth conference three, which is in Miami, which is like the biggest conference business conference. I went, I'm going to go, um, this Thursday to downtown Fort Lauderdale to the convention. I'm pretty sure it's called the convention center, which I've never been to. And I'm going to go see Damon John and Grant Cardone. So they're doing this. Uh, it's, I think it's a financial, uh, summit. That's what I think it's called financial summit. And I'm going down there and they're going to talk about money. So probably personal finances, probably, you know, a lot, they're going to probably have a lot of business people there. So they're going to talk about like business finances and how to make money and whatever. But I didn't mean to say whatever, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? But the point is I've lived my, my whole entire life in a very diverse area where, you know, you go down to Miami and it's very, you know, it's, it's got a lot of Spanish people. Uh, if you don't speak English down there, it's kind of hard. Like you can't, I've heard from people, like, I don't know how true this is. Um, but a lot of people tell me if you go down to Miami and try to get a job and you can't speak Spanish, they won't hire you down there, which I, I it's kind of hard for me to believe that they, they are allowed to do that. I don't, I don't think they would be allowed to do that, but that's what I've heard. Um, I can't really confirm it, but that's what I've heard. But the, the point is, um, Miami is very filled with, with the, the Spanish community. So, um, that saying to Fort Lauderdale has a, you know, like Sunrise and Fort Lauderdale have a lot of like blacks, Spanish. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure we have a lot of Asians down here as well. Uh, white is kind of the minority down here. Now, I'm not saying obviously there's no white people. There's obviously white people around here, but at the same time, it's kind of like the, it's like, it's like a flipped role where like whites are a minority and other races are kind of like the majority in South Florida. Now, Florida itself is obviously uh, more white, right? Uh, more um, race would be white, but in South Florida, it's not, it's not really like that. It's very diverse down here. So I've had a lot of jobs where I've worked with a lot of Spanish individuals, a lot of black individuals, especially at this new company I'm at, it's, it's mostly black. The last company I was at, a lot of them were Spanish. I uh, worked with a couple white people, but, you know, majority of it was Spanish or black. Um, but the thing that I learned is that, you know, even, I, even though I had different beliefs, even though I had different ideas, even though, like, I didn't really, I didn't really think about the same stuff as they were thinking about, whether it was politics, whether it was um, ideas, marketing ideas, or um, anything in general, like, you know, like, like food, a lot of them, like different types of like food that I've never even tried before. And that's just because, you know, obviously it's just because like I go to a grocery store and I, and I, you know, get food or I just go to the basic stuff. I've never, I don't, I don't really, cause most of it's financial reasons. Like I don't want to spend a lot of money on food, uh, you know, cause I'm not at a place right now where I can really afford to go out and eat all the time. But at the same time, um, you know, like they would always, you know, Oh, I went to this restaurant. I went here. Right. Or, um, you know, I don't agree with that. They'd look at something in the media and be like, I don't agree with that. And I'd be like, well, you know, I kind of agree this way and I have a different opinion on it or whatever. But at the end of the day, we worked together as a team, right? It was never, we never um, looked at each other like, oh, like you're that or you're this or you're that, right? 
and we just work together as a team. And most of the time we just put the, we put, you know, put the differences aside and we work together and we created good quality content on stuff. Like we came up with some crazy, crazy stuff. At least at Broward college, I had a little bit more say in like marketing and stuff like that. Um, at this new job, I kind of don't have any say it's such a massive corporation. And like the departments I work on are so massive that I'm kind of just the, the rookie there. Like I don't have any say, but the other company was a small marketing team and I had a lot of say they did ask me my opinion on things. They get me more involved. And it was just, it was a great, great work experience. And I worked with some amazing people at that company. And uh, what I realized is even though we were all diverse, we had different backgrounds. We came from, you know, different, different, basically everything like very, very diverse where I was working over there. And it all came out and worked together. And I, I have a lot of diverse friends. I have a lot of different friends from different backgrounds, a lot of different friends that, you know, if I was somewhere else and I didn't have that opportunity where maybe it was mostly uh, white individuals, like population wise, I, you know, I probably wouldn't have these encounters. I wouldn't have these experiences. Uh, you know, most of the, most of the people I've dated were all diverse. They weren't white. Uh, the, the first one was uh, Vietnamese. The second one was Spanish. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, so that, that's kind of like what I kind of go through is I go through a lot of diversity, which is, which is great. Nothing ever wrong with diversity, but, um, well, there's no, but there's, there's no, but to that, but the point that, you know, I'm trying to bring up with this, this topic is that you want to, you want to be surrounded by diversity and, and have like diverse opinions and have, uh, diverse cultures in front of you and stuff where it's going to give you better ideas. Because if you're just thinking about one thing, see what I learned too was, you know, some of my ideas were probably good and some of my ideas were bad, but the only way I figured out that some of the ideas were bad were going to other people and, and having their uh, opinion put on me and be like, hey, I do like this, but I kind of don't like this and for this reason, right? And that's why I like the marketing job is everyone had an opinion. Some other people kind of tried to weigh their opinions more um, just like his personality wise, or whatever. But most of the time, like 90% of the time, well, we just had discussions. Like we had meetings and we discussed things and, uh, you know, we, no one was really like, no one was kind of like torn completely down, but you know, you got your opinions out there and we just talked about different things and different ideas. And, and we really came together with some great solutions to different problems and different marketing strategies. And just because we all were diverse in how we were thinking about an issue or a problem, right? How we wanted to solve something. And the, the, the big thing I can tell you is that I feel like some people do get robbed out of that. Um, mainly, and it doesn't matter the race. It's more the fact that I think a lot of people try to just go with the same like-minded individuals and there's nothing wrong with that. When I, you know, you want to have people that are, you know, the same as you and the way you think. Um, because if you're trying to do something right and that person and you're surrounded by people that, you know, don't believe in what you're doing, obviously you're going to have a problem, but it's good to have diversity when it comes to like marketing, um, just in general, like you get better ideas, right? Like you, you tend to, to realize like what the other, other people are like. And that's why I really liked world religion when I took it in college was because world religion helped me understand a lot of different people's uh, religions that I didn't know about, like Judaism, uh, you know, Hinduism, uh, like Muslims, different, different things like that. I, I've kind of forgot what that religion's kind of, you know, I don't think it's, it's not called that, but 
I don't I don't really remember that religion that well. But or like what they call that. I think it's like is Islamic or Islam or something like that. But the the point is like I learned about all these different things and it got me thinking about ideas and like why you know and how to like get when you're talking to someone with a different viewpoint how to kind of you know try to get them to understand that you understand what they're saying and that you're not just judging them or that you're not just throwing crap out there because you're taking a you know you take you take your beliefs and not their beliefs and i think that's honestly why i just you know i have a i have an easy time getting along along with people is because i just it's i have a diverse sense of personality in the sense that you know i i i do believe what i believe and you know i am stubborn like i'm not gonna lie to you i am stubborn in how i i regulate things or how i do certain things because um i know that certain things are true but it doesn't mean that i don't listen to other individuals and i think it's a big problem with a lot of people is like people don't understand that the world is very diverse. It, it, you're not the only person. There's seven, I think it's 7 billion or almost 8 billion people on planet earth. That's seven, you know, 7 billion different opinions, different viewpoints on how they're looking at something. And, and even though like generally they're probably, you know, some people tend to look at things generally the same, you know, everyone tweak, you know, slightly doesn't look at it the same. And that's what's really interesting. We're all different in the sense of how we're thinking, how we're acting, how we're going about things in our lives. And that's what's always really intrigued me about diversity and in, in people is like, you know, when I was with, um, at, you know, at the time uh, with, with the, my ex-girlfriend who was Vietnamese, she would take me to these Vietnamese restaurants. She would, uh, you know, we'd go over her, her house for different um, like holidays, Vietnamese holidays that I've never experienced before, like Chinese New Year or, um, you know, just different holidays where it was really intriguing for me even though i kind of didn't understand the history behind it even though i didn't really understand the traditions that were placed about it and they would explain it to me it was still interesting to me because i got different different viewpoints because i'm just you know i'm catholic so i'm just used to basically going through you know uh thanksgiving christmas uh thanksgiving is uh, an american uh, american holiday but like christmas and I'm trying to think like Easter and and stuff like that, like Catholic holidays. And when I was going with them and they were going over Chinese New Year's, it was very, very interesting to me to to understand their viewpoint and like how they're looking at different elements in their own life within that 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 cultural difference. Right. So that's why it's really in, in my point, it's really important to have a group of diverse friends. You know, and I think for the most part, I think a lot of people do have very diverse friends. Right. You're kind of we're kind of at a point in life where uh, you, you're going to schools and it's very, very mixed. Like, you know, the, the race thing, uh, you know, I'm not going to make this into a political thing, but the race, the race thing is, you know, it's not, it's not segregated when you go to schools and stuff like that. It's, it, you know, it's very diverse, right. Depending on the population and where you're at. And I mean, obviously if the population is mostly white, you're not going to have a very diverse population, right. Cause mo- most of it's white or, uh, in, in, you know, like a certain area, maybe it's mostly Spanish or, or something like a community area. But the, the point that I'm trying to make is diversity is the perfect solution to a lot of different situations. It's, it makes you more creative. It makes you a better individual because you're understanding other people's point of view. You're understanding who they are, where they're coming from. Um, it's kind of the cool thing about this job I'm at right now is they have a lot of people from different countries which is kind of interesting. Like a lot of people are, they had this, uh, this board and people had to take a pin 
and they had to go up to the board and you put your pin where you're you're from, what country you're from, or where you're you know where you were born. And a lot of people put like Puerto Rico, Cuba, um, Italy. Like I had a couple people like on Italy, uh, like a lot of like Europe countries. It's just interesting. I didn't know like we had that you know that diverse of a, a community. Once I looked at the board with the pin, right? So you go get a cookie and you put the pin on the board. And to me, it's just very, very interesting. Now, obviously, there's so many different cultures. Uh, there's so many different backgrounds. So it's kind of, it, it is a difficult thing to go and learn about all of them and really get all the information about them. But, you know, it's it's something that I encourage a lot of people to go out and, and try to do is try to get yourself out of that comfort zone. Go, you know, maybe if they allow you, go to a temple or, um, you know, if they allow you, go to a church, go to a church, or if they... Um, allow you to do uh you know they allow you to go somewhere out of your comfort zone i really do encourage you to go and do that and try to go get you know diverse people as your friends you know people that you're surrounding yourself with and overall it just really helps with being creative like i said or really understanding a different point of view which is pretty awesome so that's uh i didn't really give you examples let me try to give you an example so well, that was kind of an example. I gave you uh, my ex-girlfriend, which was Vietnamese. Um, i trying to think if I give you one with, like, friends, right? So the cool thing, I had a friend. I think I can give you one real quick. Hang on. Oh, the cool thing was uh, I actually had him on my podcast. So there's my one friend, Fabrizio. Now, I had him on the podcast, right? I had him on the podcast. And, which I don't remember what episode. It's probably like 79 or in the 80s. And I found out when we were talking about, you know, his background on the podcast that he was from uh, Peru, which I didn't know that, right? He was on a he was on a student visa or, a, you know, a visa. And I didn't know that either. And he went through and he was explaining to me the different, you know, his background and kind of like what it's like over there and the different um, the issues they kind of go through. And I didn't really, you know, I didn't really understand a lot of this stuff uh, that was going on over there and stuff. But it was just interesting when he's giving me this background and he's going through Peru and he's trying to, uh, you know, tell me like, hey, like we have this issue over there or this issue. And uh, I was talking a while ago to this guy from uh, Africa, which I think I'm still friends with him on this Facebook. But uh, and I tried to do like a little phone interview, which is like it, it, it was too much of a hassle. It didn't really work out. But. Um, he was talking about Africa and the, you know, the situations that they go through over there and, and how he's trying to come to the United States and all this stuff. And it was just interesting talking about Africa and his, and his viewpoints on Africa and um, like government and stuff like that over there compared to over here and, you know, politics and uh, just overall, like his experiences over there. Like I've never obviously gone to Africa and it's something, you know, it's probably something that uh, uh, it's probably definitely on the bucket list. You know, eventually when you, you know, have the cash to go do that, definitely go do that. But that's, you know, it's something that was interesting when he's telling me all these things about what was going on over there. So that's, uh, you know, those are some examples I can give you, but definitely go out and get a, a group of diverse friends. I don't think anyone really has a problem with that part. Uh, it, you know, a lot of people are, they do have very diverse friends, right? Or they do have a bunch of friends that are different backgrounds and cultures and all that good stuff. But that's uh, get a group of diverse friends. Now I'm going to go into Dundeal Investments really quick, and we're going to wrap this up. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Dundeal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. That company 
is designed to take a distressed seller and an investor and put them into a deal. And the investor basically helps the seller out in getting out of a financial condition. Now, you don't have to be in a financial condition. You could just want to you know, sell your house extremely fast for a quick cash offer and move on and, and go get another property or do whatever you want with the cash. But uh, most of the time, this, this uh, resource does help homeowners or property owners when they're in some type of distressed financial crisis or issue that they're trying to get out of. Now, some of the issues that this will help is uh, pre-foreclosure, which is basically the bank you you uh you didn't make your payments on the mortgage or whoever loaned you the money for the house or the property and now they're they're trying to repossess the property because you're behind on payments um you could do like pre-foreclosure which is pre-foreclosure obviously is like when they the bank does repossess but this would be mainly for you know any small bank that you'd probably know that just wants to get rid of the properties and we could partner up with those small banks and get an investor to buy those uh, those assets off of them that are basically depreciating because they're putting too much money into them and they, and they don't have enough capital to keep the house going until they can sell it. That's where an investor would kind of come in, buy those properties from them, and they would just cut their losses or just take, you know, take the gains from the investor buying it. The other one would be a job, a job transfer. So that one is just basically, you know, as simple as it sounds, you end up finding opportunity in another state, maybe another city that's way further than, you know, where you're at right now living and you have to move and just sell your house really fast. You have to do it in the next week or two. And if you do it through a real estate agent, you're probably not going to be able to sell it that fast. It normally stays on the market for a little bit of time. And that's where this would come into place as a resource where we just sell your house very, very fast through an investor and you just in a week and you just go and move to a different place and do the job transfer. Now, the other ones would be uh, like property, um, like or let me do this one first. But real estate agents, like let's say you just had an issue with real estate agents. You've you know used a bunch of real estate agents and you got charged a lot of commission, right? They charge heavy commission fees. Some of them you know take forever to sell. Some of them can't really do it. So that's another reason where, or maybe you just like you know they put it on the market for like two months. And you're just like, all right, man, like this person's definitely not working. I barely see him. He's not really like showing the house off or anything. That's where done deal investments be able to just help you out there. You don't have to go through a real estate agent. We just, you know, get an investor on the deal and they go in and basically purchase the property right there and then, right? We get people that are already like interested in buying your property. So you don't have to wait. You don't have to go on the market and just, you know, hope to God someone comes through and, and buys it. Uh, the other thing would be if you have a lot of property maintenance. So that's what I was, saying I was looking for at, at first before this one. But property maintenance where you're just like, hey, I don't want to sink like seven or 10 grand on fixing all the elements in the house. Uh, you know, the, uh, the house has a lot of work and you're just like, hey, I don't want to you know, put all this money in and time to fix it. I'd rather just sell it. You, you're going to probably have a hard time selling it on on the market. So that's where, you know, this would be good because the investor wants to buy that deal because he's going to flip the property anyway. So he's going to put some capital in and he's going to want some gains. So that investor will definitely go and buy your property as is. They don't care if it, you know, it was uh, someone lived there that was a hoarder and there's crap everywhere or, or stuff everywhere. I shouldn't, you know, say crap, but just stuff everywhere. Or if it's just someone that just didn't take care of the roof, the roof's falling apart, you know, you got mold and stuff. That's what they, that's what they kind of want. They want to, you know, fix that and sell it. So, that's where we would help too. Now, the other one that I could think of would be inheriting a house. 
Um, if you inherited a house, which is very, you know, it's kind of rare, but not as rare as you would think. But normally it's like an elderly uh, or a loved loved one that was an elderly and they tend not to take care of the property. They kind of get to a point where they're kind of just like, you know, I'm getting older. I don't really, uh, you know, some of them have like dementia or, you know, different, different illnesses that come with age and they don't tend to work on the property like a regular, like 30 or 40 year old person or, you know, someone within like a age, age group that would, you know, take care of the property and, and be able to physically do it they, um, you know, they tend not to take care of the property. So that's where a lot of property maintenance would come in and Dundee Investments would be able to help you sell that very, very fast. Now, the last one I can think of would be divorce. And even though, you know, it's a tragic situation that, you know, you don't wish, wish on anyone. Most of the time what happens when you go through a divorce is you have to kind of split everything 50-50 down, you know, down the middle, as they say. And, this would be a good way to just kind of sell it very fast. Like if you guys own a property or a home together, where you just basically, we sell it very fast to an investor and you just split the cost down the middle and, and go your separate ways on the house. That's where Dundee Investments would be able to help out with like divorce uh, divorce issues where you're just trying to sell that property fast, split down the, down the middle 50-50 and move on, right? So those are the options that, that Dundee Investments or, or um, problems, I should say, that Dundee Investments is really built to solve. So, but, you know, if you want to stay in your property, maybe you don't want to sell it, there's all, I also have resources from another person that can help you with that too, where they'll probably buy your house back and um, you just basically pay them rent until you basically pay them back and they'll work with you as an investor. So I have that as a resource as well. So now, we're going to go into, you know, what the process is for done deal investment. So the process, what I call the three steps of financial freedom is one, you have to contact done deal investments. You know, it doesn't matter which way you want to do it, whatever you're comfortable doing, whether it's email, phone, texting, social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm trying to think uh, if there's anything else I can give you to con Oh, website and go to our website and fill out a form and I'll just contact you directly. Um, it doesn't matter how you want to go about it. It's just, I have to be able to contact you. Um, obviously, obviously, so I know that you need help or that you need to sell the property fast. And I got to ask you some very, very basic questions. The whole reason why I got to obviously get in contact with you. So the, the questions that I normally ask are just very basic. They're, you know, what financial situation or problem are you trying to solve by selling the house fast? So that way I have an understanding of, you know, how to get you out of it or get you to where you need to go. Uh, the second thing would be, you know, property maintenance. So, you know, what's wrong with the property? Uh, you know, you have roof damage, you have windows that are broken that need to be repaired. Wh whatever the issue is that you have to fix is, um, you know, I have to understand like what condition your property's in. So I have a better understanding. Now, once we get through that, we go into step two. Now, step two is we set up an appointment with you and I just do what I call a walkthrough. A walkthrough is basically, you know, I just come there at a certain time that we agree on. And I get to meet you in person. So that's also good too, right? One-on-one -on -one, uh, interaction. And you can ask me any questions you want, obviously, as I'm, as I'm doing this. And I got to walk through and just check, you know, make sure that, you know, if there's roof damage, I, I jot that down. If there's broken windows, I jot that down. Uh, we, it looks like there's a leak here. I got to, you know, jot that down. And I take five pictures inside your property and five pictures out. Now, the reason I'm, you know, collecting all this data, I'm collecting the photos, is so when I go to find you an investor, 
I can send them all the information. So I'd be like, all right, it's roughly going to cost you, you know, X, Y, and Z to fix X, Y, and Z. Uh, here's the photos of the property so you get an understanding of what it looks like. And what this does is it helps me uh, with done deal investors find an, an investor to get on the deal faster. Like, so this way we don't have all these foot traffic come through your property. We don't have to, you know, it's not delaying the process. It's basically speeding up the process. And that's, you know, obviously that's very, very crucial in this because if I'm going to sell your house fast, we got to be able to find an investor fast. And for uh, most people that don't know, I already have a lot of preset investors already that I can contact and ask about and see if they, you know, they want to be put on this deal and send them information. So that's a good thing too. But let's say I don't have someone that's interested in your property. It's my job then to go and contact people, send them emails and start, you know, trying to find you an investor to put on this deal. And that's my job with done deal investments. Now uh, that's step two, uh, a little bit of step two, which is kind of step three is once, you know, once I do that, I find you the investor, we then have to talk about the price. So how I do the price is I go and I run comps on, on that neighborhood and try to match it as best I possibly can square footage. Uh, you know, everything that I can try to, you know, match it up to a T, you know, sometimes you don't get a perfect, but I try to do the best to match it as best I possibly can. And from there we get an average price uh, from the three homes that have recently sold on that mar in that market, in that neighborhood. Right. And then from there, I just deduct the cost that's going to take for the investor. And then that's the price we're going to negotiate on at the bottom. So what's going to happen is once we agree on the price, we can also agree on terms. So I, you know, if you got to, you know, let me know if you have to stay on the property for another three weeks uh, after we get the deal together. Uh, if you need, you know, like a home inspector, real estate agents, financing, whatever you've got to need to move on to the next uh, property, you have to let me know so that I can get the investor on the same page. It's like the whole, that's the most important part with done deal investments too is, it's my job to make sure that you, myself, and the investor are on the same page, that the investor knows exactly what's going on in the deal and that, you know, he's making, you know, I'm making sure that he's working for you and that he's not just working for himself, that, you know, each party's benefiting out of the deal and not just one party. That's, that's really my uh, main job. So that's really kind of like step two going into step three. Now, once everyone agrees on the terms, the price, and you know how we're going to set up this deal, we then all have to sign the contracts. This is where step three comes in. So step three now is the seller signs the contract, I sign the contract for done deal investments, and the investor signs the contract. And then from here, basically how each party benefits is obviously the seller will get the negotiated price for the property. So we'll get the cash. He'll go and be able to buy another property and he'll get out of the financial situation that he was in. So most of these, these issues or financial uh, crises would be, um, you know, it, it would affect their credit. So like pre-foreclosure is a good one because pre-foreclosure would definitely affect your credit. Like if you lost your house, it means that you couldn't, you know, keep up with your payments and all that stuff is reported back to the credit, the credit bureaus. And that would screw up your credit. So if we could buy out your mortgage, right? Buy out the rest of your, your mortgage, the money that you owe, and still give you a little bit of a cash offer, you know, it's better than you going into debt and filing bankruptcy or, you know, screwing up your credit and not being able to go get another property or whatnot, right? So that's the that's the idea of, of this is that person, the seller, or the person that needs to get out of the financial situation benefits with cash offer, 
and not affecting his credit. And then he'll also get resources from Dundee Investments, like references that I can go and give you. So you can go get a real estate agent and go get finance and go do whatever you need to do. Now, the investor obviously benefits because he's going to flip the property with his own capital and then he's going to sell it on the market for full market value and he's going to make a profit off of the deal. Now, Dundee Investments will obviously make a little bit of money on the deal and that's going to be what we call a commission fee or a finder's fee from the investor because the investor is going to pay Dundee Investments for putting the deal together and giving him the rights to the deal, right? So that's why they call it like a finder's fee or that's it's commission, but they call it a finder's fee because I put the deal together. I found the seller, found the investor, put them together on a deal and I gave the deal to the investor. Now, um, how, and that's the other thing too, real quick. The cool part about it is the seller does not have to pay Dundee investments. It's going to come from the investor. So that's kind of a cool thing too, is like, not like a real estate agent, a real estate agent would take a certain portion of that commission from that deal and you would lose money on the deal. This is kind of like, we're just giving you the cash and you're not, you're not, you know, you're not paying the commission fee. So that's, what's really cool about the whole thing. Now, I'm trying to think if I can give you any insight, but so that's basically done deal investments, how it works, you know, who it works for, what, what my company is designed to do. Give me one sec. What my company is designed to do. And um, if you have any questions, just reach out to us with whatever way you're comfortable uh, you know, whatever way you're comfortable basically reaching out and contacting us. So that's what my business does. Now I'm trying to scale it. So it's a one-stop shop where I can have um, home inspections. I can have a real estate agent team. I can have financing ready, but the whole point is to make it so that it's not just open to distressed sellers or uh, financial conditions, even though it still would work for that. Cause it's a one-stop shop for those individuals it's, it's going to be for property owners and investors and people that want to scale. And what I'm going to try to do, which is going to take time because all of these are niches. It's all different, you know, different categories. I got to go get licensing for different ones and make sure I'm licensed properly and insured, but it's basically going to be for property owners and it's going to cut down the time for the home buying process. And what I want to do is, uh, you know, that's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a one-stop shop. So, you know, if you've ever bought a property, right, you normally would have to go find a real estate agent. They'd find you the property and then you got to go to another company, get a home inspector to inspect that property. Then you got to go to a bank or a different company, get financing and so on and so on. And you end up going through four or five different companies just to buy one property, right? Just to get a property. And I want to cut that down where, even though you're going to go, you know, a lot, some of this stuff might be third party elements like financing. And by the way, like even Dundee Investments, once it gets to a certain point, can even be a financer and give out loans and stuff like that, right? Because it's part of investing. So, but, you know, for the most part, when we probably start that off, it's probably going to be third parties. That's, that's what I was thinking about, like third parties. But my point being is, I want to make it so it cuts down the home buying process, but it also gives resources to investors as well as helping individuals, you know, get out of financial situations. So there's like kind of three components that I want to eventually get to, uh, you know, strengthening the ties with investors, strengthening the ties with uh, distressed sellers, but also strengthening a market for uh, just regular property owners, like people that just, you know, maybe they're starting a family or they're trying to move on to the next stage of life and they want to go buy a property 
that's kind of where I want to go towards is that direction where I'm helping those property um, buyers and property owners and just make it so it's not as complicated as, you know, a lot of a lot, like the home buying process is not an easy process. A lot of people struggle with it because they don't teach you anything about home buying. So that's kind of like a resource where um, everyone eventually dabbles into, eventually comes a property owner, but no one really tells you how. It's almost like credit. Like everyone just kind of tells you the basics of credit, but there's so much more to credit and credit cards and just credit overall that, you know, most people struggle with it because there's so much information about it and everyone handles it the wrong way because they have the wrong information on it. So that's kind of what I want to do with this company is trying to make it so it's more accessible to, you know, average people, people that are just trying to basically, you know, buy property and just live, you know, just live like a normal life basically. So help investors as well, because obviously if you help the investors, then it's possible to expand done deal investments. But at the same time, you know, I'm very pro business. So I want to be able to help, you know, form partnerships and, you know, create a, create big business basically. So that's kind of what I want to do with done deal investments. Now, um, if you have any questions on those, like I'm definitely happy to you know sit down with you. If you want to be on goals and updates, if you want to be a co-host, definitely reach out to me. It doesn't you can reach out to my personal stuff on that. You don't have to do done deal investments. Not really like too much related to done deal investments, goals and updates. But um, if you just want to be a co-host, reach out to me. If you want to learn more about done deal investments, reach out to me. You know, go to our website for more information on that. There's a lot of information over there. We got blogs. We got uh, you know my social media pages, which might explain a little bit more. I try to do. Um, steps better. And I, you know, I'm just, I'm working hard out here. So show me some support, show me some love. And, uh, if you want to listen to the audio versions from episode one to seven from goals and updates, uh, you can go to goals and updates.podbean.com. All right. So that's that I'm going to work on uh, updating that. And then I'll update you guys when I have, uh, you know, the YouTube, uh, playlist going and stuff like that. So stay tuned. Uh, we're going to do another episode Wednesday. And I'm probably going to start making these episodes at like 7.30. Uh, just because like, you know, I'm getting back late and it's it's kind of like I don't have enough time to set up everything and move forward quick enough at 7. So I'm going to probably be more at 7.30, which I got to start, you know, updating those cards or the like the uh, the thumbnails or the pictures. So this has been episode 96 of Goals and Updates. I appreciate everyone. My name's Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace.